Hey everybody, welcome to the weekly show where we take a look back and forward at some of the biggest news affecting the sport that we love. Whether it's a broken home run record, a famous player's birth, or a major franchise trade, we'll have it all covered. I'm Jeff Lambert, and this is This Week in Baseball History. Hey everybody, happy week to you. It's your host Jeff Lambert here to deliver you your bonus show as a thank you for becoming a free subscriber and joining this community. So before we jump into it, I have a favor to ask you. If you could take a moment this week to share the show, rounders or rounders.substack.com with a friend, it would help a lot in terms of being able to keep growing this community So many people find us because of referrals, people sharing with a friend or a family member, quick text message, email, and conversation. The best marketing tool I have to grow the show is you. So if you could do me that favor this week, if you have a baseball fan in your life that you think would enjoy just some extra content in their life, uh, I'm hoping this would be the vehicle for that and that you can help me deliver. So with that said, let's go ahead and jump into this week's most memorable moments. On July 10th, 1934, one pitcher stood strong and struck out five Hall of Famers in a row at that year's All-Star Game. That's right, Carl Hubble, a pitcher for the New York Giants who starred in the All-Star Game, struck out five Hall of Famers. And the five that he struck out were Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Al Simmons, Jimmy Fox, and Joe Cronin. Hubble was an early inning pitcher for the National League in this game, and it was held at the Polo Grounds in New York City. So he entered the game in the second inning, and he struck out Ruth, Gehrig, and Simmons in succession, and then he started the next inning by striking out Fox and Cronin to make it five in a row. This feat was even more impressive, considering that all five of these players were among the best hitters in baseball in their primes at this time. So he really delivered one of the most dominant pitching performances in all-star history. Struck out 10 batters in three innings and allowed only one hit. The National League ultimately lost the game, but Hubble's performance was one of the highlights of the evening and in All-Star Game history. On July 18, 1985, Nolan Ryan got his 4,000th strikeout. Nolan Ryan, who was pitching for the Houston Astros at the time, became the first pitcher in Major League Baseball history to reach the 4,000 strikeout mark. He accomplished this feat in the sixth inning of a game against the New York Mets when he struck out Danny Heap. The game was played at the Astrodome in Houston, Texas, and a crowd of 20,921 went on its feet after the first two strikes, and Heap swung and missed at a curveball in the dirt for Ryan to record number 4,000. He ended up finishing the game with 11 strikeouts, and the Astros won 4-3 in 12 innings. Even more impressively, Ryan was 38 years old at the time, and he went on to strike out 5,714 batters over the course of his whole career, and that's still the most in Major League history. On July 12, 1949, the first black players appeared in an All-Star game. Larry Doby of the Cleveland Indians was the first African-American to appear in an All-Star game, and he was joined in that same game by teammates Jackie Robinson, Roy Campanella, and Don Newcomb, all from the Brooklyn Dodgers, as our show uh, last week was about. The game was played at Ebbets Field as well in Brooklyn, and the American League won 11-7. The National League had a tough outing. They committed five errors in that game, and that helped the American League win, 
But the appearance of African-American players at the All-Star Game was a significant moment in the history of baseball. It was a sign of progress in the fight against segregation in the sport and societally, and it helped to pave the way for more black players to be integrated into Major League Baseball. On July 13, 1982, the first All-Star Game was played outside the United States. So the first All-Star Game to be played outside uh, the continental U.S. was at Olympic Stadium in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. So the National League ended up winning that game 4-1, to one, and Cincinnati Red shortstop Dave Concepcion was named the MVP after hitting a two-home run run in the second inning. The game was well attended. 58,389 people showed up. That was a record for uh, at the time for an All-Star game. And this is also noticeable because it was the first All-Star game to feature a Canadian player in the starting lineup as the Montreal Expos uh, had outfielder Tim Raines representing them in the lineup for the National League. On July 14, 1968, Hank Aaron hit his 500th home run. So he did this at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, and the three-run home run that he whacked came off of San Francisco Giants pitcher Mike McCormick in the third inning of this game against the Giants. The home run helped Atlanta win that game 4-2. And of course, Hank Aaron's 500th home run was significant. He became the seventh player to do it, but he was the first African-American player to do so. This home run was met with a standing ovation from the crowd at Atlanta Fulton Stadium. His teammates were waiting for Hank at the home uh, at home plate to celebrate with him. And then Braves president Bill Bartholomew presented him with an award. On July 15, 1999, the Seattle Mariners played their first outdoor home game. So after 22 and a half years of playing in the indoor-only Kingdome, the Seattle Mariners played their first outdoor home game at their new stadium, Safeco Field. The opening of the new Paul Park was a major event for the entire city of Seattle. The stadium featured modern conveniences, and it had a retractable roof, which allowed them to play that outdoor game. The venue was built entirely with public funding, and it was seen as a symbol of the city's growth and prosperity. Big moment for Seattle um, natives. Now, the game itself was very close, and the Mariners ended up pulling away in the late innings. Edgar Martinez hit a two-run homer in the seventh inning, and then Brett Boone added a solo home run in the eighth to lead Seattle to a 7-2 win over the San Diego Padres. And on July 16, 1909, the longest scoreless game in American League history took place. The Detroit Tigers and Washington Senators played a scoreless game on July 16, 1909 at Bennett Park in Detroit, Michigan. The game lasted 26 innings, and that is still the longest scoreless game in AL history. The Tigers were represented by pitcher Ed Summers, and he went the distance for Detroit. He gave up only seven hits, and he struck out four batters. And then the Senators were led by a pitcher named Dolly Gray, who also went the distance all 26. And Gray gave up eight hits and struck out three batters. The game ended up being called due to darkness after those 26 innings, and the score was 0-0 and ended in a tie. Folks, 
That brings us to the end of exploring the major events that happened this week. I want to thank you for being a subscriber to this community, for supporting the main show, Rounders, and taking part in this bonus show. I do ask you in the newsletter this week for feedback because I want to see how we can tweak the bonus show to make it the best it can be for you. So just take a moment, uh, answer me in the poll, leave me a comment on what I can do to improve this for you. But overall, as always, thank you for joining me, and I hope you have a great rest of your week. 